0: Hey Sam, do you know what time it is? It's grubbly happy hour time. Woohoo.
1: <laughs> I can hear the chickens running already just at the word grubbly. <laughs> yeah, it's a know. good thing
0: that mine are in their coop right now cuz otherwise <laughs> they would have like come and busted through <laughs> the window. <laughs>
1: yeah. My
0: flock is like crazy excited about grublies. Um so if you don't know what grublies are, grublies are black soldier fly. So they're like an alternative treat to mealworms because you know like most mealworms are grown in China. I almost said made in China, but like worms aren't made. <laughs> well, right? technically they might be made
1: in China. <laughs> when they're little squiggly parasite like gross looking things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but grublies are made in America and I especially love that they are sustainable because every pound of grublies you purchase equals 10 pounds of food waste that's been diverted from landfills and it offsets seven pounds of carbon dioxide. So I'm not really good at math, but grublies just both sent us the trick tank, which is like five pounds of grublies. And so that's a lot of good for the environment just from those two tanks.
0: Oh, yeah. And uh, when you order the one pound bags, those bags that the grublies come in, those are compostable. So com- compostable. Why do I have so much trouble with that word?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Compostable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you
0: put it in your composter and it turns it into yummy dirt for your garden. There you go.
1: Yay. Circle of life. Woohoo. <laughs> I like it. And I'm, I'm totally planning on using that tub to store like feed and things like that to keep the bugs out so that tub will not be wasted because it's oh yeah no
0: it's way too handy of a tub and when you give your flock grubblies as a treat you're also giving them like a really nutritious treat because it's really high in calcium which helps like create stronger eggshells and healthier yolks and all of that good stuff so it's a treat you can give to your chickens and feel really good about
1: yeah, and there's a ton of protein in there, so it's good for their feathers, especially when they're molting and they're feeling super awkward about themselves and want to eat their feelings a little bit. Um, is that something you can Grubly's give them are good a good conference? thing for that? <laughs> yes. So Grubbly's our love. Yes, and because we love you guys and Grubbly loves you guys, we can offer you a coupon code for twenty percent off. Use code wine20, WINE twenty W I N E two zero at checkout and you'll get 20% off woohoo yes (laughs) hey Sam hey Bev how's it going
0: it's going great Yes. and it's so nice that I can like picture your face like for real life now (laughs) and not just like Instagram photos
1: I know but I probably look like way better on Instagram no no
0: no not even close nope no,
1: your Instagram oh, photos are true to form. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that is good. So are yours.
0: Well, it's because neither of us do like filters or anything really. Or I mean, I don't, oh. know, I don't think you do filters. Do you I use do filters? filters. Oh, yes, you I do? do? I hadn't noticed.
1: Mostly just like crisp. I like to like make things crisper and oh. do like auto contrast. I don't do like a ton of manipulation, but just like some lighting correction type stuff oh so okay. yeah i gave it away oh snap sam uses filters oh no hashtag unauthentic
0: i was mostly talking about you know that snapchat filter you know the one that like makes it look like you painted your face on oh yeah like, i don't do that no. you don't use that one you no know. i either actually
1: <laughs> paint my face on or just like use the black and white filter <laughs> If I'm feeling really bad about myself that day. (laughs) It's a great
0: idea. I use filters sometimes for the color pop. I like color popping photos because I like bright colors. So sometimes if my camera didn't capture it right, I color pop. So I'm like, damn, that looks too drab. We need to brighten this up (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't usually color pop on my face,
1: though, because then you can just like see the red dots and whatnot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) So what are you drinking over there?
0: You would think that I would have grabbed an Illinois beer since we were just there for the Naperville Ale Fest. But while we were in Illinois, we went to Benny's and got a bunch of beer that we can't normally get in Ohio. And I was super excited because my husband found me Colette by Great Divide, which is (gasps) the beer that I named my dog after. Aww. And it's a farmhouse ale, and it's got this cute little picture of, like, a farm girl with a pitchfork on it and stuff. So that's what I'm drinking today, a Great Divide Colette Farmhouse Ale. How cute.
1: I like it. What are you drinking today? Um, I have a Michigan beer from Rochester Mills Beer Company called Gypsy Goddess. It's a raspberry Radler. It's an Mm. ale with raspberry and lemons. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of a sissy beer. It's only like, what's it say? (laughs) 3.2%. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a baby beer, but it's a summer seasonal beer. And the can just grabbed my attention because it was like this chick with purple hair. And I was like, it's perfect.
0: (laughs) That is pretty
1: perfect. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's okay, though. There's nothing wrong with drinking sissy beers. I like
1: sissy beers. No, and my my body's still recovering. I can't hang like I used to. I still feel so bloated from uh, Saturday. So it's okay if I don't get a little crazy on the pod today. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, and you know what? I hate to tell you this. That's what happens when you turn 30. It's like the thirty clock hits, and then like suddenly your body just like doesn't hang like it did when you were in your twenties. It's like, oh, you think you can be at the bar until two a.m. and go to work at eight in the morning? Not a chance. Nice try.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like I started feeling like I was thirty when I was twenty-five, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you were an old it just soul keeps and an old feeling. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or I just made up for it. Yeah, I feel like I just made up for my behavior. My behavior caught up to me from, like, 21 to 25. And now I'm just really paying for it because I used to, like, really not get hung over. So now I just even, like, I drank so much water before bed, and I was sober when I went to bed, and I still felt, like, bloated and huge the next day. So, mm. yeah. But at least, like, no headache or anything like that. So you know, it could have been way worse. <laughs> oh yeah, it
0: definitely could have been way worse. Yeah, it was funny. My husband and I were talking about it when we woke up on Sunday, and we were like, "It's like, hey, how you feeling?" Because I was kind of expecting him to be a little hungover, because you know the guys like went outside and started drinking bourbon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But nope, he was fine. He slept in a little later than I think he would have normally, but yeah. we were relatively responsible adults at the Ale Fest. Yeah, uh, even though
1: it looks like we didn't, you know, drink anything. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> so Sam and I both wore our lanyards, and it had, like, the little tickets on it for your samples. I think they were trying to let you have 18 samples at the festival. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have to tear off any of our tickets. We got all of our samples for free, basically. <laughs> We got to keep our cards full.
1: I'm not really sure how we pulled that off. Um, Um, I'm pretty sure it was just our, like, comedy routine. Like, we'd go up together, and we're just charming and adorable in our country girl ways. That's right. And we were just that distracting. Well, and we only had a couple of people
0: ask us why we were wearing matching shirts. I was expecting more. Um, But no, there really weren't
1: very many. Well, maybe they were just, you know, drinking behind the bar a little bit. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we weren't the only people there in matching shirts. I don't know if you noticed. There were, like, guy groups that had, like, matching shirts and stuff on, too. And I guess I didn't go ask them why they were wearing matching shirts. So That's Fair true. Enough. That's Fair true. Enough.
1: You know, we weren't, like, totally unique in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but I did realize we had a couple of failures at the IL
0: Fest. We did not take enough pictures.
1: No Number one. that happens though
0: <laughs> Yeah it's cause like So you only have four hours there to drink So you're trying to like take it all in And get as much in Like as you possibly can And enjoy it to the fullest mm-hmm. And also like it's hot as balls there Like seriously yeah. We were soaking wet from the sweat It's so, like the last thing I really wanted to do Was be like messing around with my purse and my phone And like pulling that out Plus our hands were kind of full Like holding the sample cup as well like you only had one hand open at all times right because you're yeah. drinking yeah so it was a little tricky but we really should have taken a picture with the Fest yeti
1: yeah we kind of screwed that up so
0: <laughs> next year or if we get to go to the winter one we got to take a picture with the Fest yeti because i'm yeah. wearing my Fest yeti shirt it says Fest yes on yeah. it
1: yeah i wore mine yesterday it's a pretty nice shirt it is you know, it's super it's comfy soft.
0: and we're twinsies We have two matching shirts now.
1: (laughs) Well, and we're about to have like three or more when the other shirt order comes in. That is true. Yes. If you're listening to this, you missed out on ordering shirts.
0: But don't worry. We already started talking about the next shirt run. Um, Yes. So sometime in the next few weeks, we'll start getting that together. We're kind of like behind on everything because I'm sure you noticed that mm-hmm. we didn't have an episode last week. We just dropped our mini-sode, which was drinking Grubly, and it was super awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're playing catch up yeah, I feel these like, next few weeks.
1: I feel like if we were uh, going to fail, that was a good way to fail because it was still like a really good mini sewed. It wasn't like we left them with nothing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not know. a failure. Although I thought it was going to be super cool to have episode 21 be the one that we recorded after the Ale Fest. Um, But that's all right. It's episode 20. So our podcast is getting close to legal
1: (laughs) drinking age. (laughs) Yes, we're slowly getting there. (laughs) We're just building up the anticipation like when you actually turn 21. So it's fine. (laughs) Well, and,
0: like, weren't we all really drinking before we turned 21? Not that we, like, condone that or anything.
1: You know, I really was not, though. I was such a goody two-shoes, and then I just let loose.
0: (laughs) Oh, see?
1: Sam was responsible. I was just, I'm so scared of authority. Like, (laughs) like... Uh, saturday my poor sister-in-law got didn't get through the line with us at the same time and i felt so bad and i was like trying to like look past like the main barricade and there's a cop right there and i was so nervous he was gonna be like ma'am Ma'am, stop yelling for your sister-in-law. He clearly like gave zero f's though, like he didn't care. And even though I turned to him and went, "My sister-in-law got separated from us," he's like, sh- he's probably thinking she's already drunk, which I wasn't. <laughs> I I had no. had a, a few beverages, but I was not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just very paranoid by authority. So I just behaved myself until it was legal.
0: <laughs> I did not. I had a fake ID and I went to the bar. I had my 20th birthday party at uh-huh. a bar.
1: <laughs> you rebel yo. I was apparently I was a rebel. Uh
0: but now I'm on the straight and narrow. I'm a rule follower for the most part now. I follow rules. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Except, you know, putting tickets in cups, you know. Yeah, that was for fast.
0: funsies, though. I thought that that would be really yeah. cool bragging rights to show that, like, our punch cards were still totally full. We had a variety, at the very least. We did. We had a great variety of beers. And I regret not remembering what my favorite one was. Because I felt like that would have been a good thing yeah. to talk
1: about. I really liked I probably should the have taken some notes. blueberry gosa oh yeah that house was really funk. good and, and I had strawberry a strawberry basil one
0: was I had good. a peach goza from the house of funk that I really liked and two brothers brewing did a prickly pear uh beer of some yes, kind and that, that was super was good. good that was also from house of funk all of our favorite beers were from house of funk I know <laughs> well there was another like
1: strawberry one too that was really good that was not from house of funk but i can't recall where it was from so oh, i can't either
0: it was called like strawberry rita no that's the bud light one um, but that, it was a straw was beer or something. It. No, that was not it. But it's a straw. It was like straw beer or something. Um, and the only reason I remember that was because the guy had like a container of fresh strawberries next to the tap, and I was like, "Ooh, look, you guys like even put strawberries next to the tap to like show like, hey, this beer is like brewed with real strawberries." And he's like, "Oh, oops, no, that's just my snack."
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a convenient snack. He was so healthy at the beer fest. Yeah. <laughs> which was awesome (laughs) well and i i accidentally like created a beer near the end of the ale fest too when i was over at the founders table because i was standing there with one of our um, one of my brother and sister-in-law's friend and one of the beers was an ipa but it was like super chicken or something like that like it had the word chicken in it so i had to try it so i did but The lady kind of tricked me and just put like a little bit in for me to try. At first, I thought I was getting the other one, but I didn't. And then I was like, this one's okay. And then I was like, but let me have the other one. So she gives me that. But I still had like the aftertaste of the chicken one in my mouth. And I drank the other one. And I was like, this tastes like bacon. And she's like, what? I was like, it tastes like bacon. Give me half and half. And so she did it. I was like, yeah, that's bacon. And then she tried it and she's like, oh my gosh, it does. And I was like, you're welcome. I just created you a third beer. That's awesome. And then I walked away. (laughs) Like I dropped the mic. But it was like the end of the ale fest and I'm sure like nobody really cared except for me. So (laughs) I guess I was just really hungry by that point and I was just tasting bacon.
0: Well, bacon is delicious. It is. It really is. And, you know, while we were there at the Ale Fest, we also got to meet Tina from Henny and Rue, which was super awesome. Yes. So we now have made another friend in real life that we, like, met online doing this uh, This... crazy chicken public thing that we got going on. Yeah.
1: I know. It's kind of creepy. We're breaking the rules of
0: don't talk to strangers, (laughs) like, on
1: multiple different levels.
0: (laughs) Right. I keep telling my kids not to meet strangers on the internet. And like now I'm doing it all the time, like on a regular basis. But they're chicken people. So they're safe people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We were in large groups. You know, it wasn't like we were meeting them at, I don't know, a Walmart parking lot or something or in a creepy hotel room. So it was like we were being responsible in that it was a very public place. Yes. And, she brought friends, too, so maybe she was, like, bringing friends to shield herself just in case we were, like, legitimately crazy or something. <laughs>
0: I don't blame her. That's that's totally no. legit.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know. These girls sound kind of nutty on their podcast. They might legitimately be crazy because nobody's editing them in person so I should bring some, some shields <laughs> but her <laughs> friends were super nice I really liked them too they were yes so mm-hmm. yeah it's a good time um Tina from Henny and Rue is good people I like her
0: all in all I give Tina from Henny and Rue five stars and the Ale Fest five stars and Sam gets five yes. stars too there we go I just Yelp reviewed everybody and so does
1: Bev <laughs> you get five stars and you get five stars <laughs> I don't give the porter potty five stars though. No, the porter potty gets zero stars. Zero stars yeah. from Bev on the porter potty. And whoever used that porter potty before you gets like negative stars. Yeah. So they were like We can just leave it. An there. awful, awful human being.
0: <laughs> don't be an awful human being yeah. at the beer fest. Uh be a we Or just in general with,
1: with a porter potty. Yeah, right. Like don't be a dick.
0: Other people have to use that thing. <laughs> Ew.
1: I don't know like
0: it's just do people just think they're being funny like sometimes I guess like we have sort of a strange sense of humor luckily it's the same so (laughs) we get to do a podcast together
1: right so I don't know maybe some
0: people think that like actual pee and poop like in real life really is funny I don't know
1: except you know that's like how disease spreads so it's really not funny. right and they need to check their humor (laughs) if they think that's funny (laughs) what i think is they probably started day drinking really early and just were like because we went to the bathroom like two hours in we were champs like we did not break the seal for a while but two hours in is still, like, not to the point where you should be having trouble, like, making it into the hole. Yeah. For whatever you're trying to do in there. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Good point. And, I mean, and even my husband and I pre-gamed before the festival. We stopped at Lou Malnati's and had pizza and beer and then walked over. So we had a beer, like, right That's before we walked right. in. Yes. Yeah. And I still managed to walk myself out. The Illuminati was following you.
1: Yeah, right. The yeah. Illuminati. <laughs> yes. So, guys... If we disappear after this, it's because we talked about it. We, Bev went and ate at Illuminati's, and I'm sorry, that sounds like Illuminati, and then we drank a beer from the Illuminati brewery, and they, the guy straight up told us that he brews beer for the Illuminati, and of course, he could not possibly be lying to us. It's not possible. Yeah, no. But... You know, they might be coming for us, like, Eyes Wide Shut style
0: now. <laughs> I don't we'll know. We'll <laughs> uh,
1: keep an eye out now.
0: So if there's not an episode 21, <laughs> you know why.
1: <laughs> Sam and Bev just disappear like they went through the Bermuda Triangle <laughs> or something. They're just like,
0: Toof. Oh, my goodness. oh,
1: That would be weird. Now I need to knock on all sorts of wood that, like, you don't burn your house down or anything this week. Right. There we go. I
0: knocked, too, <laughs> just in case. I'm hoping to have a better week okay, this good. week. We should be fine. Now. So far, I've only been yeah. home for like two hours from like this whole traveling thing, um, and so far so good. So good. At least I think it's going good. pretty well. Yeah. So uh, to wrap up our Ale Fest talk, um, hopefully we'll get to do it again, and uh, hopefully more yeah. people can come and say hi to us at it uh, at the next one. Now that they've heard that is like a legit great time. Uh, and Naperville is a super yeah, cool super little fun. suburb of Chicago. It was a like a beautiful little suburb. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, their downtown was super cute. Uh, there's lots of places to stay. It wasn't overly crowded. I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like we live in the country for a reason, and we struggled a little bit on the freeway mm-hmm. in all of the traffic. Uh, oh but my god! It was a lot of fun. Like the trip Ugh. was worth it. <laughs> Yeah, Sam and I were stuck in traffic on the I-94, three miles apart from each other, and we hadn't met yet. Yeah. Craziness. It was,
1: like, deeply disturbing that I was that close to you and yet so far away. And my husband's like, I'm going to try to catch up to them. And I'm like, no, you're not, (laughs) because it's, like, bumper to bumper. (laughs) We will see them tomorrow. Well, so
0: there is a brewery on that exit that we got off at the McDonald's to go to the bathroom when we were at three minutes mm. park. There's a brewery at that exit. And I almost messaged you and was like, screw this traffic. Let's stop and drink at this brewery and wait the traffic <laughs> out and then go on. <laughs> but then I was like, no, I think yeah. the first time we meet is supposed to be at the Ale Fest. That's a better story
1: anyways. Yeah. And you couldn't, like, slow run Baywatch style to me, but I totally That's did to right. you. So. But I know if you could have, you would yes. have. So. Yes, if
0: I could have, I would have. Um, mm-hmm. But amazingly enough, like my leg and my back held up pretty well for a beer festival. I wasn't sure how that day was going to go. I think it was just the beer sort of like numbed everything for me, yeah. which was awesome. I'll take it. <laughs> and I moved around pretty well. Yeah,
1: you did. I was impressed. You, you even sat on some really low stairs and managed to get up pretty okay. I
0: did, yeah. So... So, I think I'm on the mend for the most part. so you get like extra gold stars right. for that day, really? I do. <laughs> yeah, we stopped in uh, I got a Cairo adjustment on the way home from our road trip because we drove to oh, Van yeah. Wert on Sunday from Illinois to Van Wert because we had to pick up our daughter, and it was also today is my father in law's birthday, so we celebrated his birthday last night Aww. with ice cream cake and delicious lasagna and so we drove the rest of the day today which was nice because it meant I got to take another day off of work use the rest Mm -hmm. but drive through town and get a Cairo adjustment like right away since it's been five days since I've been adjusted
1: (laughs) yeah no that taking that extra day off was a good call I did not do that today and my brain was just like Like I said, I wasn't really hungover, but it's like I'm such an introvert that it takes me a while to recover just from extended socialness because I don't realize like how much I actually don't talk. Like I do while I'm at work, obviously, and when we podcast and I'm not like mute around my husband, but the amount of time that I'm actually like not talking and like doing things like chores or staring at my phone or watching TV. Uh I didn't yeah, when you're around people all the time and you feel that need to constantly engage, like it's exhausting to me. Not because it's like bad, it's just because I need to recharge. So my brain's just not <laughs> <laughs> it's not fully recovered yet. But hopefully by tomorrow it I'll be good to yeah, go. Yeah, and no, I'm the same way.
0: I struggle like being in big groups of people for extended periods of time. Uh for sure. So I feel you there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't find you exhausting though, because I felt like, <laughs> I felt like it was just like we could have been recording the whole time, really. Like you see what you get with Baz, <laughs> and I hope you do with me too. But like it, like it was like it. What didn't feel like the first time we were meeting, even though it was. If that oh yeah, sense. no, that totally makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I one hundred percent agree. In fact, I think I met commented like a couple of times. I really wish I would have like brought a mini microphone so that we could have recorded something. Oh yeah, and that's another thing I regret. We should have gone live in the group just to like say hi, like hey, we're together, Aww, because we're not together very we often. Shouldn't, we shouldn't. Yeah, I know, and I just like I just wasn't thinking. I like. As it was, I was lucky that I got because to we go. were drinking. Yeah, we were drinking, <laughs> and I wasn't sure that I was even gonna make it. Like you know, this time last week, my husband yeah. was like, "There's no way we're going to a beer fest. Like you can't even walk." And I'm like, "No, I am going to that beer fest. You are not allowed to cancel our Airbnb. We are going to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I have to crawl miracles through happen through the beer fest, I'm going to go." <laughs> and yeah so so yeah uh next time we get together we'll get to do more stuff hopefully next time we get together it'll be like at one of our farms so we'll have more downtime more downtime and together time so yeah. we like won't miss all the important stuff that'll be easy to do
1: yeah and
0: our husband we'll still got have along beverages famously you
1: know yes that that made it so much nicer not that i was super worried yeah, it wasn't either but it was still <laughs> so nice and like, yeah, Jared seems like the coolest dude ever, and I can totally see how you two work. And like, I can't even imagine like how fun your house is. <laughs> no, our house is <laughs> because mostly because the energy is just so good.
0: <laughs> We're our house is pretty chaotic for the most part, which is funny because I am, I am like a naturally quiet, introverted person. But Jared like brings all of that out in me, and you bring it out in me also, which is why this podcast works so well. Because like. Just like talking to yeah, a bunch ditto. of strangers mm-hmm. is something that isn't like in my personality DNA. At least I don't think it is.
1: But we did so well together, like talking to all these beer people, especially the one from Uncle Son's Uncle Son. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John's cider oh, mill because right. she's like the first one that noticed we were matching and yeah so we talked her up for a little bit she was cool she was super cool with her cheese business yeah
0: we've got to her goat cheese plug business. our podcast more the next thing we're at together
1: I know we were so bad I think we were just overwhelmed <laughs> yeah with each other's it presence was. it was a little <laughs> overwhelming next time next time for yeah. sure.
0: <laughs> So now we're planning February Maperville Fest in 2019.
1: <laughs> yes. Winter edition. That's right. Where we won't sweat our balls off that we don't have. But we might freeze them off. Uh,
0: but that's alright. But I
1: don't know. The past couple of years it hasn't been too bad. Like this one. This past one, I wore a hoodie and like an insulated vest and I was good. Yeah, see, that sounds wonderful. So, that
0: sounds like a wonderful place to drink beer at. Like, yeah. throw a nice, like, knit hat on.
1: You're golden. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we've had the first year I went, it was like freaking tundra, freezing snow blowing, but it's intense, like, with heaters and stuff, but it's yeah i like i prefer the summer one for the layout but the winter one is nice because it's a lot uh less sweaty okay that's for sure
0: so listeners (laughs) february we're talking about it now we'll figure out we'll figure out how to make it happen
1: last weekend in february is when which is like right before
0: my birthday so we can make it my birthday party oh perfect love it yeah Hey, Sam, did you know that this episode is sponsored by Honey and Roo, which is the subscription box for chickens and their keepers?
1: Why, yes, I did. And I'm so excited to share it with all of our listeners. If you go to HoneyandRoo.com, you can get set up with a monthly subscription, which means this lovely chicken box shows up at your door every single month. And when you check out, use code DRINKANDFARM, you'll get 10% off that first box. Woohoo! Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So... I guess we'll get this episode started.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to do some housekeeping? Yeah.
0: Let's do some housekeeping.
1: Aside from the Ale Fest. Oh, yeah.
0: We did. We (laughs) talked about the Ale Fest. And we talked about meeting each other for the first time, which is awesome. And we already talked about our t-shirts, too. So most of our housekeeping is pretty done. Yeah. Look at that. We're We're so good. Uh, So, (laughs) yes, uh, Patreon June contributors. We will be packaging up what we're sending to you sometime in the next week or two. So, we're sorry it's a little late. Bev and Sam had kind of a rough July, and we weren't quite expecting that. So, we're like Mm -hmm. totally behind on everything. But we did get a couple of new June Patreon contributors. So, you guys and all of the existing ones that are at the $5 level and above. Uh, they are going to get a surprise from us because we like you guys and we want to thank you. Thank you for contributing to Yay. us on Patreon. You guys are the reason why this podcast gets to keep going because it helps us pay like our regular monthly expenses, which aren't super high, but you know they're still there. So thank you. Yeah. Um. Thanks. And guys. also, we need to do a drawing for a prize for all of the iTunes reviews that we got in June. So Sam will stick all of your yes. names like into a wine glass or something. And then we'll go live in our group. We drink and we farm things to draw that name out and we'll send something super awesome to you as well. Um, and we don't know when we're yes. going to do that. It, it should be before this episode drops, so just in case it's not, don't hate us. Just know that it's on our list. We're working yeah, on it. It'll get done. Yes, <laughs> it'll get done. Um, and. We'll go live in the group when we do it. So if you haven't joined our group, We Drink and We Farm Things, go in there. Because we're going to start doing a couple more things in there now that, like, I'm getting better and we're figuring some stuff out and we're working on our time management on, like, how to successfully run a podcast in a community and work real jobs at the same time. It's a...
1: Yeah, it's kind of... Like, it's like spinning a bunch of plates at the same time. <laughs> yeah, right? I was going to say something about, like...
0: <laughs> juggling like fireballs or something like that um yeah both are really good yeah (laughs) both are really good uh what is that analogies yeah Yeah. still from our weekend yeah uh really good analogies uh but we're working on it and holy shit episode 20 like i mean i'm still kind of in awe of that like because we're in the next like set of teams and we only do one a week Plus, like, our mini-sets every now and then. So, um, yeah, like, from conception yeah, to, like, where we're at now, <laughs> I'm just totally blown away. So, if you'd like to join our Me Patreon, too. thank you. We would love that. We'll put a link in the show notes to it. Um, you
1: should join our group if you haven't yet. Um, mm-hmm. And you should use hashtag drink and Farm when you're drinking and farming responsibly so we can uh, potentially feature you. We do that like once a week. We might start throwing in maybe twice a week. We'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm surprised how many people are actually using that hashtag. So thank you guys and keep it up because they're really fun Oh, pictures. yeah, they are. <laughs> they're
0: super fun. And we tried to make it a really easy hashtag for you to get involved in it. And it seems like we have succeeded in that since so many people are getting involved in it. Yeah. So there
1: we go. I don't like rules. I mean, we talked about being rule followers, but I, it doesn't mean I like rules. So we keep it pretty loosey-goosey. Yeah, for you I guys. only like rules
0: when they're required. Like, obviously, drink and farm responsibly has to be one of the rules. You can drink yeah. and farm hilariously yeah. though. That's allowed.
1: You can drink and farm yes. hilariously.
0: Yes. Just not in a way that somebody's going to get hurt seriously.
1: Right. And please don't feed your animals alcohol. I've been getting tagged in a lot of that stuff oh. on my Facebook about like chickens drinking wine. And it's not cute because like their crops or their, you know, other animal stomachs can be very sensitive. And well, if it happens as an accident, that's fine. <laughs> Things happen. Um, like my chickens have knocked over my wine before and I had to like shoo them away. But, yeah, don't intentionally let your animals drink your adult beverages. And, in fact, um, I saw some advice
0: (laughs) on one of the goat forums. It was super old advice. Like, I'm talking, like, you know, seven or eight years old plus. But sometimes uh, goat medical information can be kind of hard to find. Um, Somebody had suggested that they give their goat a wheat beer for bloat. Don't do that either. I don't recommend oh. that. The goat that somebody did that to ended up dying. I don't know if it's because of the beer. But yeah, they're rumen animals. So the bacteria balance in their rumen is very important. And beer, carbonated beverages, things with yeast in it, you know, that like multiply in hot bacteria-laden environments, not a good combination. So yeah, no animals get alcohol. There we go. <laughs> yes. Bev and
1: Sam's <laughs> disclaimer. We mean it. We mean it. Yeah. Yeah oh and also just because we're not giving away anything right now for reviews we would still really really like it if you would still leave us reviews on itunes rate and review i mean you can be as honest as you want but we've been really lucky so far and nobody has been like these bitches don't know what they're talking about but i'm sure it's coming um, but we're usually pretty good about correcting ourselves when we're wrong. So hopefully we can <laughs> prevent that for a while. But you never know. Things happen. But we don't mind. You know, freedom of speech. I mean, don't be a dick. But you can write you can write. Yeah, what I mean, like, us, don't say, like, so. you know,
0: like, if you're unhappy about the way that we look or something like that, like, that's not legit to the podcast. So that's obviously not legitimate bad feedback.
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you hate our voices, be nice.
0: You don't have to listen.
1: We don't like come to your house and make you. You could really. Mm -hmm. No, no. We just want people that want to be here. I I don't seek validation in the way of having people listen to me, even if they don't like me. I don't think a lot of people do. But you just you never know.
0: We're putting ourselves (laughs) out there, so
1: yeah they're coming um but that's okay is that jaws (laughs) it is almost shark yeah it's almost shark week well it's shark fest right now on nat geo which is a bunch of bullshit because they're ripping off shark week but shark fest is like two weeks and one of the weeks goes over shark week which is next week But it's like Shark Week's 30th anniversary. And if you can't tell, I love sharks. I'm a big fan. Um, So I'm pretty excited for next week. But yeah, I I envision the bad reviews coming in like the freaking Jaws shark that just eats everyone irrationally. That's kind of what I feel like it's going to be like. (laughs) (laughs) That was really dramatic.
0: (laughs) It was really dramatic. But that's okay. Eh, you know. We're a little out of it. We traveled it's this fine. weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, We got we went away from the farm this weekend, and man, I think I'm more tired from that than I am from farm chores. Although, so.
0: I'm not going to lie, it was really nice to wake up two mornings in a row and not have to have farm chores or kid chores. Although, full disclosure, I haven't done farm chores yeah. in like a week and a half, so... <laughs>
1: But I'm sure you'd prefer farm chores. Over, yeah, over laying you know, in bed in pain, you're not yeah. being able to feel your yeah. leg. I'll yeah. totally take farm chores. <laughs> for that.
0: I miss my farm chores. I think I might be able to go out there and do some farm chores today, because uh, I am continuing to feel better and I have not had any pain medication today, which is awesome. Because uh, I'm not gonna lie, it was a little weird having to take all that pain medication while we were in the middle of the beer festival. <laughs> but like, oh. I had to be able to keep functioning. I didn't want to like get to a point where suddenly like. I either, like, totally couldn't feel my leg or I was just, like, doubling over in pain because that would have been kind of embarrassing. <laughs> so I was like, eh, beer in this probably right. doesn't mix, but <laughs> uh, you do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> it was just Tylenol and Ibuprofen. They haven't, like, prescribed me, like, hardcore yeah. anything. I was doing, like, muscle relaxers and stuff for a while, but my chiropractic adjustments weren't sticking because of, like, muscle relaxers, so I kicked those pretty fast. Uh and I had ste- I had lots of steroids, like steroid shots and like a steroid blister pack. Um, but I'm glad those are over too because those made me feel weird. Like my brain felt confused. I don't know how else to describe it. I don't like medication. <laughs> that's where that's going. <laughs> I don't either. No.
1: <laughs> I'm not a fan. No, nope, nope. me neither. <laughs>
0: um, oh, and before I forget... I have to thank Casey for sending me some lavender simple syrup and some lavender from her garden. I'm super excited because I'm going to make one of those cocktails that she recommended to us on the group. It's lavender simple syrup and Tito's vodka and seltzer water. And in fact, I was going to make one this afternoon because I've got the lavender simple syrup now since she sent me some, but I don't have any seltzer water. I had vodka it's not Tito's but I had vodka and I had the simple syrup but I didn't have any salt or water so I was like oh dang it I can't make it today um but hopefully I get to go to a store and go get some salt or water so I can try it so thanks Casey for sending me those that was super awesome of you do we have any other housekeeping or follow-up I don't think so but oh uh so last week we talked about my goats and like how I dewormed them like sort of in a panic And um, because they kept getting diarrhea and whatnot, well, I guess it wasn't last week, it was two weeks ago. So it feels like forever ago. Um, But we got a really great email from Erin, who is a DVM. And she gave us some really great advice that like we totally need to share. And, um, I'm going to share a link to this Famacha. I don't know if anybody else calls it that, but that's what I'm calling it. It's the Famacha scoring chart for goat's eyelids. You can tell whether or not your goat has an overabundance of worms by peeling back their eyelids and seeing um, what shade of pink it is. And I had heard of this before she sent me the email, but like, The week that my goats were super sick, and I know I didn't talk about it very much, but like, so I had been in pain in my back and my hip for like three weeks at that point. I could barely walk anymore The goats kept having diarrhea. One of them definitely had bloody diarrhea. So I knew that one of them had coccidiosis and I was just like, I was done. I was like, I have to just like give them everything that I can because I have to get them better and I can't be chasing them down and like holding them down and giving them a bunch of medication and whatnot because I'm like barely surviving as it is myself. And I couldn't tell what their eyelids looked like at the time because I was just like tired. Do you know what I mean, Sam? Like I just like... Yeah. Like you get to a point where you're like just like so overwhelmed by everything that's happening. Like you're looking at the picture, you're looking at your goat and you're like, I don't know what the hell this is. (laughs) Like I can't tell if it matches or not. Um, But I'm so glad that she sent us this email because, yes, this matcha chart is super important um, because you don't want to just like willy nilly uh, deworm your goats because there are only so many deworming medications on the market right now for specific worms. And what is happening is similar Mm -hmm. to what's happening with antibiotics, where we're creating worms and parasites in our farm animals that are resistant to the tools that we have to treat them. So this FAMATRA chart is super useful. And this is the best one that I've seen. This was not one that I looked at when I was trying to determine whether or not to worm. So I'm super thankful to have this. And it talks about a bunch of different types of parasites that goats can get. Um, so yeah, that's going to be in the show notes so that everybody, um, can get some benefit from this. And, oh my gosh, I just love this picture of the holding up the card right next to the goat's eyelids and like what part of the goat's eyelids you're supposed to look at. Like it's incredibly helpful. It's the most helpful thing I've seen like on this FAMACHA thing. So, um, thank you so much, Aaron, for sending us that email because we think that that's super helpful. So if anybody else ever has any follow-up like that for something that we talk about, send it. We'll talk about it. We'll look it over. We'll share it with everybody because, like, that's the purpose of our podcast.
1: I just really appreciated that. She's like, this is unsolicited, so you can stop reading <laughs> if you want to. It's like she clearly gets us. <laughs> but, no, it was it was good content, and I appreciated that somebody was kind enough to write that detailed of an email to us, like, and thought it was so important for us to share. So, Good job, Erin. Cheers to you. I would give you a beer if I was in person oh, yeah. with you. So yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and she's a rural uh, vet in an area of North Carolina. So yeah. she probably so she, really liked our chat about she like, knows what she's talking about thing that we were talking about. So yeah. yeah. And I'm super thankful that a vet listens to us and follows up with some stuff that we say. <laughs> because like like we say, like all we're doing is sharing our experience. That's like the best we can do because uh, neither of us are formally trained in yeah. anything overly useful i mean sam's formally theater chain trained no. so
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i can fake my way through a lot of this farm stuff <laughs> aren't we That's all about it. faking our way
0: through like just about everything that we're doing
1: i think so in some yeah. ways yeah
0: in some ways i think we <laughs> I think all so are too <laughs> So thanks, Aaron. We loved your email. I'm sad that it took us two weeks to have to talk about it, but I'm super excited that we get to share about it now. So yeah, all that info will be in the show notes. If anybody else has any follow-up, send it over. We read it all. You can email us at uh, drinkandfarm at Yes. And um, something else that we talked about last week was keeping chickens cool. And Homesteaders of America shared an article by Amy Fuel about keeping chickens cool. And I loved um, her advice. Uh, I sort of struggled. I struggled with the title of the article because it says they don't need your help. Um, But then she lists all the ways that we can help them. So your animals do need your help to keep cool. So I'll just say that. That's my opinion, Um, especially because we live in areas, or both Sam and I live in areas. You guys may not. But we typically have mild summers. Like They're not crazy hot but yeah. we've had comparatively had a lot of yeah. days lately like where it really has been hot and i think that in those extreme circumstances like you absolutely have to go like a little bit like further to help your animals stay cool because they're just not used to it um, like we had multiple days here in a row where it was over 90 and the heat index was actually over 100 which is super weird for Ohio, yeah, because like it just does not get that hot here. That's why I moved here because I was trying to escape the hundred degree heat of Phoenix. And so far this summer has been quite a dick to me. <laughs> so thanks a lot, Mother Nature. You're still on my shit list.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you better watch it before you know. Yeah, she brings like a, a October snow oh, or something God, ridiculous like that. Uh. (laughs) You better be nice But there was a lot of stuff in this article that I really
0: liked. Um, Like, don't hose your chickens off. Yeah, chickens don't like being hosed. Um, You know, it's funny. I never think of the things that, like, we have to say not to do. I usually just, like, say the things that you should do. And I just, like, assume that, like,
1: the things that we didn't mention are possibly don'ts. You have to think about like warning labels, though, like how obvious some of those are. That means somebody's done it before. So sometimes it doesn't hurt to say the things (laughs) you shouldn't do, just because sometimes people (laughs) learn the hard way. (laughs) So yes. Don't hose down your chickens. They will hate you. Yes. And it's bad for them. (laughs) But
0: I also wanted to mention, like, she says not to use frozen water jugs. But we had our meat chickens in a chicken tractor. And during the hottest part of the day, the only part that they could get shade in was, like, under the covered area that we had built for it. So they were all kind of jam-packed in there, which was just making it hotter. We set the tractor up so that it had tons of ventilation. So they were, if if it was a breezy day, they were at least getting some ventilation through it. But we had a lot of days where it was over 90, the heat index was over 100, they were all packed in the covered area, and they weren't getting any ventilation because the air wasn't moving. So I did take buckets of ice water and stuck them in like the corners of the tractor so that it would sort of cool the air as it was sort of going in there. And the chickens would kind of gather around the bucket to stay cool. Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that that saved their lives. Because when I opened that tractor, you should have seen the look on all of those meat chickens faces like it was like they were panting. They were wide eyed like they looked like they were getting ready to have heat stroke. And you can't bring an animal like just inside to cool them off really quickly from heat stroke because that will also cause their body to go into shock. So the best I could do was just like cool down the things that they were consuming. Um, So, yes, that's why I thought that this was worth talking about because lots of people saw this and we talked about it last week. So it was like a fun follow up. Yeah.
1: And I just feel like too, if they're in a coop where there's very little to no ventilation and it's hot as balls in there, because if it's like a hundred outside, it's probably like at least 10 degrees warmer in your coop, depending on what kind of coop setup you have. So we absolutely have a fan in ours to keep the ventilation going through the coop. Um, it's not necessarily that they're pointed directly at anybody. It's just to keep the move air moving in there because like, I'm sorry, I don't want to mm-hmm. go in there either <laughs> when it's that hot. So I think there are always, you know, flexibility and an exception of the rule, maybe don't go as extreme as like we said, hosing down your chickens, but you kind of have to use some common sense when you're doing this sort of thing. And it's uniquely hot in your area. Just like we don't recommend heating the coop, there are sometimes exceptions to that too. Not full bond, like heating your coop, like controlled temperature or anything, but there are like nesting pads um, and like mounted uh, things that kind of even look like a flat screen. There are always things that you can safely do that, and then the chicken has the option to go buy it if it wants to, but I wouldn't recommend forcing an animal to be in a situation that they can't get away from so you got to kind of play it by ear sometimes oh
0: yeah but yeah like the rest of the stuff was all sort of like no-brainer stuff like you got to give your animals shade you got to give them lots of cold water like healthy treats all that good stuff
1: and i'm sorry but my chickens love frozen watermelons so i'm not cutting out the frozen treats for them because i would get the nasty side eye if they no longer got frozen watermelon on a very hot. Well, day. and my
0: griblito <laughs> would be way less fun if it
1: didn't have ice in it. I don't know. Maybe that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like our chickens have been acclimated to a different lifestyle than maybe her chickens have. I don't know her chickens' life. I know mine. They're like a little bougie sometimes. So you can't take that away from them once they live that yeah, kind of that's lifestyle. True, right?
0: <laughs> Um, But I'll share a link to that article because we had talked about, like, keeping chickens cool. But we didn't, like, link to anything specific about keeping chickens cool. But I saw this last week. It was topical. It's um, timely from when we talked about it. So I was like, hey, we should talk about this on the podcast. So there we go. So I'll link to that in the show notes for you guys so you can read it also.
1: Hey, Bev. What repels insects and pests? increases pH to sweeten crops, sanitizes chicken coops, stables, and barns, and does about 20 other things. I don't know, Sam. What? Uh, For Saturday Lime, the organic, very, very safe to the point where you can eat it, but I don't recommend that, uh, lime product that you can use all over your farm and in your house. Well, more outside your house, but you get what I'm saying. It's safe to use inside your house.
0: Yeah, and totally don't eat it because it is not made of ground-up limes. No,
1: and while it looks kind of like cake powder, it's definitely not. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) That's the consistency of it, and I love that I can take that stuff out of the package with my bare hands if I forget my little scoopy and just spray it and make it rain all over the chicken coop.
0: Yeah, because it's totally safe for chickens to ingest, to roll in. It's totally fine for them to breathe it in because unlike diatomaceous earth, it doesn't have any silica in it. So it's safe for lungs and it doesn't burn your animals or your hands like regular
1: hydrated lime does. Yes. So you guys just have to try this if you haven't already or if you have before. You can still go to firstsaturdaylime.com and use our promo code at checkout. It is hashtag drink and you will get 10% off. And you can use that code every time
0: you lime cuz remember it's first Saturday lime cuz so you're supposed to use it every first Saturday.
1: <laughs> oh, I got my actual like full confirmed necropsy results back today in the mail. They've actually been done since last Thursday, but I didn't want to call on Friday when I was preparing to drive down to the fest because like I knew it probably wasn't gonna be super great whatever they said, but I didn't want it to like ruin my whole weekend. I don't know if that's like super selfish or whatever but I was like avoiding it so I didn't call. But I did get it in the mail today and it's not Merix, which is great. However, it is Avian Leucosis, which is like its own separate hot mess. Now luckily it's not super contagious as, you know, Merrick is passed through the air. Avian leucosis, I think I kind of touched on it before, but it can be passed from mom to baby chick through the egg, Um, but you can still eat the eggs, obviously. So it's passed that way. It can be passed from one chick in a brooder to its other brooder mates. It can be passed through mating, and it can also be passed through, like, lice, mites, and I think, I can't remember what the other bug was called, but basically like bug bites. They can get it that way too, which is crazy because basically what Flash had was multicentric avian leucosis, which I believe me multicentric maybe means, it's bad that I didn't Google this yet, but I think that means it's like multiple places. It's not focused in like one spot of her body and it makes sense because symptoms for that, Include basically like anorexia, the greenish diarrhea, and just like sudden passings. Um, once you realize that they're sick like that, it can be kind of hard to come back out of. Now, we haven't lost anybody, knock on wood, and I think over two weeks now. So I'm hoping that maybe she just had a comorbidity because she did have m- mild parasitism. And um, something like coccidiosis can kind of come across as like this disease as well. So I'm hoping the other ones maybe just had something similar. I don't know. It's It's super difficult to know who patient zero was because flash was over a year old. And typically these symptoms are dormant for like four to six months. So maybe she just had it. We had... The other ones that had passed, they were all kind of similar in age. They were all right about at that four-month mark. So I'm thinking that I either got a chick from somewhere or one of the adults that I hatched from maybe has it, but they don't show signs. Maybe it's dormant in their system or they'll never pass from it. It could just be a genetic thing that skipped a generation. It's super hard to tell. But now I know what it is. I believe I could get like my whole flock tested. I don't know how much that costs but for now I'm just gonna cut off selling hatching eggs and um, selling chickens. I might start hatching some of my own. I think I'm gonna go ahead and get the chick order I was gonna get and just keep them quarantined for as long as possible. Um, just keep them completely separate because it's so hard to tell like how they got it and this one isn't airborne. So I think it'll be okay. <laughs> but the fact that they can get it through mating is a little dicey. So I think we are going to go ahead and have to call a couple of roosters. Um, not all of them, but some of them. Because I'm not comfortable giving them away without having them tested. And I don't know what that price point looks like. So that's kind of where that's at. It's it's a relief that we know now. Um, but it's still kind of annoying because... I still don't understand where exactly it came from, but a lot of these chicken diseases, you can't nail it down. Um, And you just have to come to terms with the fact that it's probably not your fault. Um, One of the things I did read today, though, that did kind of piss me off was, oh, if you get your chickens from a reputable breeder, you know, they probably, you won't have these issues because they track this. Well, I'm sorry. If one of my chickens got lice or mites, which, which can just randomly happen because if they go outside, it could happen because there's wild birds everywhere and that lice or that piece or that mite has this disease and they bite the bird and now they have it. There's a dormancy of four to six months. So it's kind of bullshit to say, Oh, if I you're buying from a reputable breeder, this won't be a problem. No, it can happen to anybody. So, you know, don't, don't think that you're completely safe just because of who you're buying from, because some of these diseases are insanely difficult to track. So you just got to be careful and keep in mind that these things do happen. It's not necessarily your fault. Um, and yeah, well, So I'll get off. So soapbox, you know what I really but- <laughs> hate about
0: that statement that like, oh, if you are only buying your chickens from a reputable breeder, like, so define a reputable breeder, because like, what you're doing in my opinion, is reputable. You're a small hobby farm. You take good care of your chickens, and you're doing your best to breed them responsibly so that you can get, like, the best, Mm -hmm. like, genetic combinations that you can or the things that you think people will like or find useful. And then something like this happens in your flock. Like, obviously, because you're small, you don't do all of the testing that, like, some of the bigger, like, chick breeders might do but like bigger chick breeders also put male roosters in the chicken Vitamix so like that's not reputable to me either because that's not ethically in line with how I want my farm principles to be. Like, does that make sense?
1: No, absolutely. And the funny thing is, too, is that MPIP certification doesn't screen for avian leukosis because it's one of those diseases that's actually kind of difficult to screen for. And I'm like, I found some kits that might work for that, but I don't like know how uh, trustworthy they are. So it's like knowing if you're going to, you know, invest in that sort of thing or not. And it's a bitch trying to buy anything online if you're not a vet. So maybe our DMV friend or DVM friend, uh, Erin can let us know if there's a test for that because I'd be super interested in what she has to say about it or anybody else that has experience in this because I'm sure somebody listening knows something that, you know, I just don't know um, because I'm still Googling and learning, obviously. But even though somebody's NPIP, that only covers a certain amount of things. Um, And again... This one's kind of hard to catch. So same as Merrick's. Um, But yeah, I think at the end of the day, we just can't beat ourselves up. I think it's very, the responsible thing to do is if you can get a necropsy, if you can't get a necropsy, stop selling and hatching chicks until you know what's going on through whatever means necessary, just for the, you know, the quality of life for your birds and, you don't want to be spreading d- disease unknowingly. You might think it's coccidiosis or sauerkraut, but a lot of the times these diseases have comorbidities that mask as something else. So I'm really hoping, um, because I've, I've successfully knocked on wood. I feel like it, this is the episode <laughs> of knocking on wood. Sam and Bev <laughs> knock on a lot of wood. episode title (laughs) that sounds so dirty but there you go it was so easy this week to find out which what we're gonna call this one um what was i like oh i feel like i've successfully treated a few birds so i wonder if coccidiosis or coxie or whatever the bird version is the one where they sh- poop really bad things because of yeah a, it's a an overabundance of stomach. a specific type of um, parasite yeah yeah because they all have diarrhea it's that it's super hard to know in the summer too i was gonna say everybody at my water farm has if it's diarrhea or if they're hydrated because the
0: they're drinking way too much water <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes yes So I've been treating them with Corid in their water. So what I've been doing is um, 10 cc's per gallon of the liquid Corid in water. And that seems to be working for them. So part of me hopes that like it was just cancer and maybe like one chicken, like knock on wood, or maybe a few, but now it's over. I'm pretty convinced at this point that I got a chick from someplace else that had it. I can't confirm it, and I can't nail down exactly where I got it from because I got a couple groups of chicks around the same time because Sam has no (laughs) self-control during chick season. Um, But, you know, it's something that might have slipped through the cracks. It's not necessarily anybody's fault. Um, But Corrid and Nutridrench have um, helped a few recover very nicely, so we'll see long-term how it works out for them. Yeah, NutraGent is what I
0: give chickens or goats if they seem like they're a little under the weather. It seems to just give them like the right boost of like Mm -hmm. nutrition and electrolytes, and just to kind of like give them a little hump over if like their immune system is struggling with something. So yeah, yeah, that's great advice. And you know, it's tough too because like. So I guess I don't really fit into this because I only have 10 chickens and I'm probably not getting any more. Although the lady, the hatching egg lady, she contacted me again. She's like, hey, I'm sorry. I totally forgot about you. I have, I can give you hatching eggs whenever you're ready. This was like when I was like laying on the floor dying and I couldn't get comfortable. So I was like, oh, um, I'm like, we have a trip coming up. I'll contact you after we get back. I don't know. Jared and I are going to have to talk about whether or not we still want to take those hatching eggs because at this point. It's mid July. I'm not they're not gonna be of laying age before it gets too cold and dark for them to start laying. So I'll have to feed them like all the way through the winter before they lay their first egg. I don't necessarily mind that, but we have to talk about whether or not we wanna do that. Because like it is also one more thing to take care of. And right now Jared's doing all the farm chores because he doesn't want me to pick up anything so right yeah i don't know we might not be hatching more chickens
1: i will say though i did hatch chicks around the eclipse last oh, yeah. year so it was like end of august and they were, laying, oh, were they? like oh, by okay December, so maybe January.
0: They be. we'll see
1: but anyways where i was going with that
0: was that like because we love chickens and we're so excited <laughs> about getting new ones i mean i know there's a lot of you guys that go to like really neat chicken shows to like go pick up cool breeds that you can't necessarily get from other places some of you order from really great like reputable online places then there are uh, like some people really like won't order from any hatcheries whatsoever because of some of the the less um happy hatchery practices that we know are out there but like quarantining your birds is something that you can definitely do to try to help but like in sam's case you would have had to quarantine for four to six months, which is just insane. Nobody is going to quarantine that long because nobody has enough room for that. Like, it's just, like, that's outside the realm of, like, normal expectation or possibility. So, like, these weird, funky things can totally happen to you. But, like, I told Sam when she sent me the message, I was like, this is just an example of, like, sometimes shit happens. Like, the shittiest shit ever happens sometimes and there's this like nothing you can do to prevent it nothing you can do to like foresee it it just like
1: it just happens and like too I was telling Bev I actually gave somebody two hatching like or two chicks from a group around that same age frame or age range and the girl that I gave them to that I know um, she messaged me and she's like, one of them's like really lethargic and skinny and da 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 and I was like, Mother effer, like I instantly like my stomach's like hit the floor. Like my stomach was in my ass because I felt so bad because it's like, oh my God, this is my fault. Even though I didn't know exactly what the diagnosis was until today, I knew that it could possibly be something that, you know, that happened because of me. Um, not that I had any way of knowing because of this dormancy period and it wasn't malicious and I know I'm going to cut it off now. I'm not giving anybody any hatching eggs, any chicks anytime soon until I know it's completely out of the flock. I still, because I have such a, I, I am kind of a hard ass sometimes, but I never wish any ill will on people's animals, especially I'm the kind of person that gets more upset in a movie when an animal dies than a person dies. So like the fact that she went through something similar, that kind of pain, and this was her first ever loss. There comes some kind of guilt with that. Um, So I, am going to have to tell her, these are my autopsy results or necropsy results. This is what, you know, this is what happened. Luckily it was a chick or it was a hen, so there was no mating going on. Um, the likelihood of it spreading to any of the other birds is very small. So I'll at least be able to tell her that much. Um, and she's been wanting one of my baby bunnies, so I might just give her a free baby bunny. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> here's a baby bunny to bring you joy. <laughs> but I'm sure she'll understand. She's she's a really cool person, um, but I still feel so bad. But I know there are people that are out there that would knowingly still sell hatching eggs and chicks. So, I like
0: to think that I those guess, people are
1: in the minority. You know, I just have to cling yeah. to my my scruples. <laughs> yes, they're in the minority, but I should just cling to my scruples and feel like I, I did the best I could as far as getting that necropsy done, paying out the ass for it, so I would know and stop the spread of this horrible, horrible, incurable disease. So. I think that's enough right. doom and gloom for today. Well, and
0: so it's funny, um we didn't have an episode for a couple of weeks cuz I was so down and out and I realized that the episode before, I totally forgot to talk about how cool it was to watch our turkey's hatch. <laughs> like, I can't believe I was so out of it. I think that, mm-hmm. that just tells yeah. everybody how much pain I was really in. <laughs> Like, I couldn't even hardly enjoy that. And sadly, my family wasn't even here. So I got to watch all of them hatch all by myself. Um, But, oh my gosh, it was so cool Hmm. to watch the first one hatch. I, like, can't even describe it. I'll have to... I don't have any, like, great places to post videos. Maybe I can send it to Sam, and Sam can, like, put it on the Patreon for me. Uh, the very first one hatching, it was super cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and it was super funny to see how big turkeys are inside of a chick inside of a chicken incubator. Because, <laughs> like, they kind of walk in there, like, kind of hunched over because they can't stand all the way up because they're so much bigger. Um, but my, oh, my favorite <laughs> part of all was when the very first one hatched, It started just running back and forth in the incubator, knocking all of the eggs over like a drunk toddler, and I messaged Sam, and I'm like, oh, my God, this first turkey is going to kill all the rest of them. (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 that's just what they do. It's fine. Let him dry off in there, and then you can pull him out, and then all the rest of the eggs will be safe. (laughs) But it was so funny. That guy, the very first one, I called all of them boys for some reason. I don't know what any of them are. Honestly, they all still look exactly the same, even (laughs) though they're like uh, three or four weeks old at this point. They all look identical, so I have no idea what anybody is yet. Um, But if that poor guy was by himself for like a good – like 24 hours before another turkey hatched it was so fun that whole week they Uh liked to hatch in the middle of the night while I was sleeping so I would fall asleep and the incubator would just be like buzzing I stuck it in my room um because I'm a crazy person and when nobody else is home I let the dogs roam free at night so that they can alert me if anybody else is around my house (laughs) but I was afraid that if a turkey hatched (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the incubator was out in the living room while the dogs were like roaming. They'd knock it over to get to it because my dogs are also kind of jerks like that. <laughs> so I brought it into my room so oh. that I could kind of keep an eye on them. And so I'd wake, I'd be woken up at like three thirty in the morning by like incessant peeping. I'm like, oh, another turkey hatched. Uh. But yeah, that's my that's my turkey hatching story. Uh, nine out of ten eggs hatched, which was super awesome. Wow. Yeah, I know. I could not believe that. Like, what are the odds of that? And their nest had been run over by a bush hog. Like, holy cow.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's really good. <laughs> and yeah, and that was
0: my first hatch ever. I sometimes I think that I just end up with like beginner's luck on things. Um, cause like my very mm-hmm. first batch of baby chicks, all of them survived until you know Artemis died of sauerkraut eight months later. Um, and with right. these eggs, like, and the one that didn't hatch, I knew it wasn't going to because the day that I got it, I checked it and the air sac wasn't intact. So now I know if there's no air, air sac, I'm gonna check those eggs. I'm not gonna mess with those anymore. Um, mm-hmm. and then with my meat chickens, also, all of them survived. I got extras because I was expecting to only end up with 10. All 13 of them lived. So I got some beginner's luck mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, yeah. I don't think I do anything special. I just do my best, which is the only advice I can give anybody else.
1: So yeah. Right. It's all you can do. <laughs> right. Um,
0: but I did have a turkey poult die. Um, I don't really know exactly what happens. Oh. But when I went out there, they were like a week and a half old. Um I went out there in the morning to feed them, and one of them was just laying on the bottom of the brooder. I don't really know what happened. I think, um, I think he might have been crushed yeah. by all the others because at night they kind of pile up, and I think he was at the bottom of the pile. So um, that's all the sadness I'm going to yeah. give you, though. <laughs> the turkey bolts it are adorable. Happens. Yeah. Um, but the turkey bolts are going back to the farmer um, whose hun died. I thought that would be the nice thing to do. So I'm not going to have turkey poults for too long, Aww. just long enough for them to feather out and be able to survive without a mama turkey because um, the yeah. farmer doesn't know how to take care of baby animal things. So I'm going to take care of them until he can take over and I'll give him back. And maybe I'll You're get a foster my... turkey I'm mom. I'm a foster turkey mom. I used to be a foster dog mom in Arizona. So this is no surprise. I'm sure that this will not be the only kind <laughs> of animal for me to foster. So there'll probably be lots of foster stories. Plus, I'm sort of uh, going through and like reevaluating some things since, like, I've obviously had like this semi-serious health issue. I'm trying mm-hmm. to make sure that I don't like end up overwhelming myself anymore or overwhelming my family right. when I'm not capable of doing it. Um, but yeah, we we've talked about. Uh, my back and my hip pain I guess I can just be like really clear about what's going on so it turns out that if you know anything about spines uh, my L5 which is like the lowest bone in my spine it's right above your S1 which is your tailbone um That space, there's normally, like, a nice, like, cushiony bit of, uh, I don't know what it is. It's, like, fluid and cartilage and stuff that, like, helps keep your spine healthy and all of your nerves, like, acting the way that they're supposed to. That space is, like, gone in my back. So it's not surprising that I've ended up with this issue. And it's something that's been going on for a really long time. I've had hip issues for like the last two years or so. I kind of chalked it up to just like being in my 30s and getting old and being too active and not listening to myself. But yeah, because that space (laughs) is gone, when one of my joints don't get the right amount of movement or stiffen up, it pinches that nerve. So that's why I get the pain down my hip and all the way down to my foot. Right now, like, I can't feel part of my hamstring and, like, the side of my foot. It's, like, totally numb. It's kind of a weird feeling. I don't know how to describe it. Like, if you stabbed it, I'd know that you were touching it, but I wouldn't necessarily, like, feel the pain from it. So this is something I'm going to be kind of messing with, like, for a a long time, I think. I mean, maybe not – well, I'll probably be maintaining it for forever. I don't think I'm going to be limping or not feeling my foot for forever. I think I've just got a few more weeks. We're going to do, like, PT. I've been doing a really great – a yoga video that's on YouTube. And I'll share a link to it in the show notes that so if anybody else has back issues similar to what I've got, it's called Yoga for Sciatica by Yoga with Adrian. It's super awesome. It's a 30 minute practice that like just stretches like your piriformis muscles and some of your like back and hamstrings. And it sort of like strengthens some of those inner core muscles, which are the hardest ones for us to reach and like, you know, why you do things like throw your back out or like throw a hip out. Uh, so I'm trying not to add too many new things the podcast is the most exciting thing I'm trying to do right now.
1: <laughs> right. But you do still need a donkey. And I did hear your husband say something about a donkey for you. So I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think that
0: that might happen. But too. then you can like ride
1: the donkey around <laughs> or have like set up a sleigh and let the donkey like pull you around. So there's that.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Well the donkey will be like for protection for the goats and the chickens and whatnot, which will right. be super handy. Like, I don't know, like protection protecting your animals like when you aren't around, like that like helps ease burdens. So yeah, so yes. I'm looking to do more things that ease burdens rather than add to burdens. Um at the moment. But you That's know fair. right now I'm just like you know, like it's weird. I was out for an entire week. It felt like months, though. Um, And I think part of that is just, like, because I haven't really been feeling like myself necessarily for months, which is funny. um, Because, like, you and I have only been talking for months. So I hope that, like, I wasn't the real me this whole time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, I feel like I was still like the real me. I was just like the distracted real me. I don't know how else to describe it um that makes sense but yeah so now that I'm like I'm sort of like reorganizing and trying to make sure that I get all the things done because you know like I got a real job and I love this podcast and this podcast is kind of like another job and I do have a second job too I guess since Teresa talked about it I can talk about it on our podcast um the other thing that I do is I'm a virtual assistant for Teresa from the Living Homegrown podcast um you probably put that together or most people probably put that together already though since I'm on there so often and talk about it so much <laughs>
1: this is my side gig yeah we need to hire one of those for us though (laughs) we do
0: when we have some money we'll get a virtual assistant yeah yeah i know farm people are always looking for side gigs because it's nice to be able to help pay for some of the like farming side stuff plus just like as a natural tendency we tend to be like uh semi um like debt-free advocates and other things so um, yes yeah that's why side gigs are fun this podcast is one of them. The Living On and podcast is my other one. <laughs> I'm getting better at balancing all the yes. things, though. And now that my brain is clear, I feel like I'm going to do much better. So this podcast is only going to get better. There you
1: go. You're welcome, <laughs> world.
0: Thanks, sciatic nerve, for putting me back in my place and helping me reevaluate
1: my life. <laughs> Yes, that was your body's way of saying slow down. <laughs> you are adding
0: too many things at once, which uh, we recently dispatched of some things on the farm in a happy way or as happy as we possibly could have. Yeah. We processed our meat chickens, um, which so I can talk about it to the point that I can, but then um, so we dispatched four of them the last day that I was upright (laughs) so I was like sort of out of it because I was seriously in so much pain I can't even describe it um and then my husband and his dad had to do the other seven of them because I couldn't walk I was I was stuck in our bedroom for like five days straight I didn't leave the room except I crawled out to the porch a few times because I needed some fresh air Um, but I didn't leave the room upright for five days at least um but, oh. yeah, the I, I did get to talk, you know, because we got to do this really nice road trip together. Uh, it was like our date road trip, going to go meet Sam and her husband. Because we had to miss our bourbon trail the yeah. weekend before since I was in the emergency room instead. So I don't get to talk about the bourbon trail, yeah. unfortunately. But I get to talk about dispatching the meat chickens. Um, it went well, and my husband uh, did not mind it as much as I thought he was going to. I thought that he would think that it was more work than was worth it. Like, that was the feedback I was totally expecting, especially since he had to do the majority of it, like, towards the end. And especially, like, the dirtiest part of it. Like, let's face it, like, the actual dispatching of the animal is, like, the worst part of raising any type of meat animal. Um, But he and his dad did a great job, and he said they got a system down. It was relatively easy and painless, like, once they got it figured out. Um, So he did say that he thinks we're going to raise meat chickens again next year. We were hoping to do another set this year before it got cold because we have enough time now. We could do two more sets before it got too cold for them outside. But with my back and Uh my hip, I told him I don't want to do any more this year. I was the one that decided we weren't going to do another set Um, just because dragging their tractor around I think was part of what irritated my issues that I already had existing because I was moving them three times a day because my goal was to raise them as humanely as possible so even though they were stuck in a small tractor I was moving them to fresh grass as soon as I saw that their patch of grass was really nasty because meat birds are kind of gross they poop a lot um, And yeah. I was also making sure that they were, like, in the right places for the right time of day. So if it was really hot, I was trying to put them in a shady spot so that they could cool off, you know, to the best of their ability and whatnot. And they were a lot of work to raise that way. So we're going to spend the winter yeah. reevaluating how we did this and see if we can do it a little easier. And my husband and, and his dad are working on redesigning the chicken tractors so that we have bigger and better wheels on it. Um, because otherwise our chicken tractor really required two people to move it I did it by myself for 10 days while everybody was gone and that was very much to my detriment I should have gone and asked a neighbor to come and help me but I couldn't go like ask somebody to help me three times a day I felt like that was overkill Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we did a couple of things a little different, I think, for the most part, like but- butchering chickens is just kind of butchering chickens. We used a cone setup. Um, we got a traffic cone and I cut part of it out. It was a really big traffic cone because I wanted it to be big enough for the big meat chickens and we cut part of it out because otherwise it was too long and we couldn't get their heads all the way through it. Um, we let them rest mm-hmm. in their upside down until they calmed down, and then um, we chopped their head off a jugular vein first so that it went as fast as possible um, because we didn't want it to be like a long, drawn-out, painful, dramatic process. That was not our goal. Our goal was to do it as mm-hmm. easily as possible. One of these days I really want to learn how to do the neck snap Have you seen that done, Sam?
1: Oh, yeah. I've seen it. But I'm, like, so scared that I'm going to do it wrong. And, like, my husband, like I was saying, he needs to dispatch a couple of the roosters. So I don't know if he's going to try to do that or how he's going to do it. But I'm, like... I don't know if I want to watch until he's got it down yeah um, (laughs) because that if it went wrong oh man
0: I really want I I want somebody to come to my farm and teach me how to do that so that I can like learn hands-on because I feel like that would be a little more humane um like obviously they they die right off the bat when you cut their heads off so hopefully they're not feeling any more pain but they do a lot of like Fighting and kicking and movement—it's a very messy process. Like we had to put a board over the bottom of the cone to keep them from kicking out, and they kicked and moved for an alarmingly long time. So, I, I, our next wow. one, we're going to try to do it a little better. One thing that we did differently too was um, we used uh, what is it? It's the the pine the pine shavings like that you would put in a chick brooder. We Mm -hmm. put those in the bucket over the blood and the head of the previous chicken so that it could still like all compost down and get thrown into the fields um, to break down and not just have to go in the garbage. But we didn't want the chicken that was going in next to have to look down and see the head and blood of a previous chicken. (laughs) So we were trying to do it like, you know, friendly (laughs) and humanely. Um, And something else that we did too is, uh, I know a lot of people just bring the tractor over to the butchering area so that you can pull them out one by one and do it quickly. We left them out on their pasture so that they were still doing their normal everyday lives. And we were walking out there and getting each one individually. And, like, what we did was we just sort of, like, talked to them and, like, pet them while we were walking over. And then while we got set up, we let them free-range in the weed patches because we don't have garden beds at my house. We just have weed beds. Um, but mm-hmm. the chickens really love them because they get to eat the weeds and eat all the bugs. So they got, like, you know, five minutes of just kind of, like, free-ranging, pecking around, like, enjoying themselves before we actually did it because we, we were doing them one at a time. We did every piece one at a time, which was not the most efficient, But for new um, but for new butchers, I feel like that's – that's the best way to start because then you don't end up with meat rotting or too many flies or forgetting to do a step like it's just really nice to take your time and do them one by one and it took us five days to finish all 13 (laughs) because we only did like two or three a day um but or maybe it wasn't quite that long we started on a wednesday and they ended on a sunday so yeah it was five days holy cow (laughs) yep
1: It sounds like it was kind of like Death Row, though, where they got their last meal.
0: Yeah. Well, and, you know, it it was kind of tough to do, too, because, like, you want to take their feed away before they're going to get butchered um, because it's easier with an empty crop. Although, you know, I did, two that had full crops, and it wasn't so bad. Um, And I used to help my uncle process deer when I was like 11 in Montana so I am familiar with like the cleaning process and whatnot so I was pretty good at getting like I didn't break any gallbladders I didn't rip apart any intestines like I did a pretty good job cleaning them out took a good knife um, to do it all uh, the only advice that I would share is like we couldn't find anything online that said exactly how long you were supposed to dip them for if you were plucking feathers Um, the very first one I held in there for 60 seconds and that was far, far too long. It only needs to be like three, (laughs) three seconds. You pick them up, shake them, pull a feather. And if it doesn't come out really easily, hold it back down in there for three seconds, pull it back out, try to pull the feathers when they come out like butter. You're done. Um, I only ever had to dip a bird twice. Uh, and Oh, that's the bad. other suggestion um, that I wanted to share was I had trouble finding information on how long you're supposed to let them rest in the fridge for. I got a lot of conflicting information. Um, some of the birds, four of the birds rested for seven days. Most of them rested for between five and three days. Five and three days is the sweet spot. Seven days, I feel like, was too long. They didn't go bad, um, but they had a smell to them. And I prefer my chicken to not smell like anything. We'll still eat them, though. I'm going to roast them and cover them. They didn't, like, smell bad. They just, Mm -hmm. you could smell it. and Like, I can tell my husband, I'm like, I can smell these ones. I'm like, "This, this was too long. Seven days is too long. The five days and younger ones, you couldn't smell a thing. And they were, like, very pliable. They fit in our Food Saver bags very nicely. All of them ended up being... About um, four pounds and 11 ounces, all the way up to like five pounds, 15 ounces was our biggest chicken. So they were all like right in a really good sweet spot. Oh, dang. Yep. Yeah. And I realized I should have added up what our cost was, and I didn't do that. So that'll be follow up next week. <laughs> your to do list. <laughs> that way people can find out whether it's worth it, you know, like to raise your own. Yeah. And I was super happy because I got to share two with my, I gave one to my in-laws and one to my sister-in-law. So within my first year of homesteading I got to share meat and eggs. Hey. My vegetable that's patch. Really, that's really good. Is awful, but that's all right. I'm sharing meat and eggs. And it'll be milk next year, maybe. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, so that's my that's my chicken butchering story. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. My husband's glad we did it. So hopefully we'll do more next year
1: when I'm feeling there you better. Go. And then maybe by then you you'll get You'll want to try some other kind of poultry too. Now that you're a professional, right? Yeah. Well,
0: um, turkeys have been on my list for a long time because I'd really like to do a farm fresh Thanksgiving. Yeah, so. that would be great. Maybe next year. Maybe I should learn how to like plant the sweet potatoes and do like all the Thanksgiving vegetables first before oh. I go to like the bird. <laughs> One step
1: at <laughs> a time. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well thanks for listening to this episode of we drink and we farm things guys it was uh this is always a great time for us we hope it's a great time for you
1: yeah so make sure uh you're following us over on instagram at drink and farm because we like to post things there daily for you and uh you can always send us questions or if you have any funny farm stories just feel free to Hit us up in our DMs or to email us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, so drink, farm, and, and give, give zero, zero clucks. clucks.